Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Annalisa Donella is a successful writer for screen, radio and stage. Annalisa lost most of her sight due to a condition called retinitis pigmentosa. And she joins me now to tell us about her successful career in the media and her journey with sight loss. Annalisa, thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio today. Now, you have a condition called retinitis pigmentosa. When was this diagnosed? Uh, I was diagnosed when I was 14. So has it affected your sight since you were 14 or has it progressively got worse? Um, So when I was 14, uh, it it was a bit of a mystery because we knew I wasn't seeing very well, but the symptoms weren't so obvious to me or to my family. It was only once it had been explained that, you know, I had reduced periphery and night blindness that we were like, oh, right. Um, And then, you know, then they became progressively worse. So it became more obvious to me and other people that I couldn't see. Um, And yeah, I mean, I, I... I was able to do most things until probably my mid-twenties. I had to start making a few more adaptations. And, and then the um, the mobility was really kind of reduced about a year ago when I started to use my cane. Well, just for people who don't know what retinitis pigmentosa is, or RP, we'll call it for short, what is it that you do see, Annalisa? Because, you know, I think a lot of people think that when you're blind, it's absolutely nothing that you see. Uh, but a lot of people don't realise that different conditions give you different vision. Yes. Yeah, so the, the main feature of my vision is that it's very narrow tunnel vision. So I have very, very reduced periphery. I have a very small sort of pinprick central vision that I operate with. Um, but uh, obviously I can move that sort of patch of central vision around when I move my eyeballs in my head, if you see what I mean. So I sort of um, function by sort of building up the big picture um, and it all sort of happens unconsciously. So I can get away with very, very little vision, but function quite well. Um, one way that, that a friend of mine once described it, which I thought was really beautiful, is it's a bit like looking through a completely fogged up window with a tiny little um, circle in the middle. And the way you described it recently in a, an article in The Guardian was uh, that little dot of vision that you have is almost like a cursor on a computer screen that you can move about and, you know, kind of scan to see bits and bobs. But it's not massively functional anymore, is it? Um, well, it really depends. It really depends on the situation. So if I'm in an environment that isn't changing, especially if I'm sat at a table with someone having a conversation, then I really do think I have all the information I need. It's when I'm in a a moving situation where, you know, the cursor on my screen just can't keep up with the constantly changing information around me. That's when I really struggle. Now, what was it like, you know, in your mid-20s, all of a sudden you're having to adapt? That must have been terribly difficult uh, in your early 20s. Well, um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't easy. It was also um, made slightly harder uh, by the fact that I was working in television. Uh, and so that was, you know, I got myself into quite a few messy situations. Um, and I didn't really want to have to tell people that I couldn't see very well because, um, you know, the, the environments I was operating in and the people I was operating with is very sort of cutthroat industry. Um, people are very, very busy. They're very pushed for time. They really, you know, don't often have time to make adaptations, certainly not back then. No, 
I know that one of the things that really kind of gets to you, and I know this from even my best friend who's partially sighted. Now, he feels that because he doesn't use a cane, he feels a lot of the time getting on public transport with his disabled rail card that people look at him as if he's a bit of a fraud. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't actually realise that actually 93% of people with a visual impairment uh, that are registered actually do have some form of vision. It's only 7% of us that, that see nothing at all. That That is frustrating, isn't it? You know, that statistic is so amazing. I think very few people until very recently have really, really, you know, been aware of. And, uh, you know, I was only reading really recently that apparently there are nicknames. Like, so I don't know if you've ever heard, like, the, you've ever been called a total Yes, um, I've heard of it. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. I was like, oh, there are, there are totals. And, you know. So you know, the terminology is all quite new. Um, that statistic, I think, is extraordinary. And I think, you know, your partially sighted friend and, and me, we, we, we might, you know, um, have a, a variety of very similar experiences. You know, I don't use my cane all the time. So when I'm not using my cane, I don't, I, I have to say, I don't think I've ever felt that fraudulent using my disabled rail card. But, you know, bizarre things happen. Like, for example, when I phone up a theatre to try and get disability tickets, the person on the end of the phone always assumes that I'm like the assistant or I'm the helper. Um, I was saying, no, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the visually impaired person. But like, I think people do tend to assume that you're fine unless you're sort of, you know, really obviously not fine. So that's never been, I've never had sort of actual abuse. The, the, the filthy looks that I get and that really trouble me are just from getting in the way or being inadvertently rude. And, you know, I had years of not using my cane and commuting in London and just completely getting in people's way all the time. And I just absorbed all this hate from people. And I just got so used to people just looking at me like I was, you know, scum. Um, and I never had time to sort of say, oh, look, I'm visually impaired. I'd always just say sorry. I'd just walk around going, sorry, 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 sorry. You know, which is really, really tough. And no one should really have to put up with that. But so many of us do. Well, that's the thing. And I think regarding the, the point you made about the theatre, I know that when I phoned up for theatre tickets before, people assumed that I need a wheelchair as well. And and I think people see disability in, in so many different ways. They don't ask a lot of the time. And I think a lot of people do see blindness as being total blindness rather than having a little bit of sight. And there's such a huge spectrum. And I know for a lot of people it is quite upsetting, especially when you're going home at night and, and I know that you've been in tears before from the bruises and the, the people that you've bashed into and you felt you've had to apologise all afternoon uh, to people just because you're, you're making your daily commute to work. Yeah, and also I suppose that what's, what's hard is that quite often, you know, as a visually impaired person, you're trying particularly hard to consider everyone else around you. You're like working overtime trying to be considerate. And yet you're constantly being criticised for being inconsiderate, which feels very cruel. Um, and it is exhausting. This is the other thing that, again, I, I've never really properly articulated, but it's exhausting being visually impaired. And, you know, when I, when I mentioned that to a friend of mine the other day, she's like, oh, yeah, God, it is. It's, it's almost like we have to give each other permission to say, yeah, it's really tiring being visually impaired. And, you know, you do feel disoriented and stressed out physically just 
by the very simple tasks of getting around or, you know, doing the school run, for example. It's very, very hard work being visually impaired. I don't know why more people haven't spoken about this. And I think one of the things that interests me, and I'd love to ask you this, is I think it's almost like we feel we shouldn't really complain because we have this precious bit of sight that we're so grateful for. And we don't want to sound like we're ungrateful. Um, it's a very difficult line to tread to say this is really hard. Um, and I also think the other thing is it's very difficult to say I'm misunderstood because nobody wants to be that misunderstood person. It's a difficult position to occupy and a difficult thing to articulate without sounding whingy, I suppose. And so I think there's a, there's a big challenge in trying to get our voices heard and trying to get our message across in a way that will be listened to and in a way that will be understood properly. Do you know what? There's so many points I can pick up on there because harping back to my best friend, I know that that he has a number of challenges like yourself where, you know, he feels as if he's having to explain and apologise for things. But I lost my sight completely, uh, very, very quickly. It was in the space of two weeks. So I only have that kind of two week window where my sight kind of faded. Um, but there's things that I can remember for that. And I think back and I think, do you know, yes, I would be very grateful to have that little corner of sight back. But at the same time, if I had that little corner of sight, it wouldn't be enough. You know, and I think we shouldn't have to feel like, you know, no matter what level of vision we have, that that we should apologise for that little amount of vision. I think it is hard. It's tiring. And I think what people don't realise is that when you are out with a cane or a guide dog, in my case, you're concentrating on every single step that you take, which is tiring in itself. You don't get the kind of peace of mind of being able to stroll down the street and lose yourself in your thoughts. And uh, I think that for me is what is the most tiring. And I say to my husband at night sometimes, you know, gosh, I'm shattered. And he's like, do you want to go out for a walk? And, you know, you, you're always talking about wanting to get fit. I am done in after my work and I just want to eat, watch my soaps and go to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. And I think when I was younger, actually, I would never quite understand how all my friends had energy to go clubbing or to do these things late at night. I would think, God, what's wrong with me? Because everyone else has got energy left over, you know, at the end of the day. And I don't have any at all. I always just thought, I don't quite understand what's wrong with me. I don't think I ever really thought, oh, right. Yeah, it's because I can't see very well. That's why I'm so tired. Well, do you know, I have to say you're a completely inspirational young woman um, because, you know, no wonder you're shattered. You're always writing, script writing, doing so many things. Tell us a bit about your career at the moment because uh, you're still writing plays and, and screenplays. You've got a fabulous career. I think I'm very lucky because writing is my thing. It's always been my thing. And I feel like no matter what happens with my vision, I can always, one way or other, I always find a way to write. And I can do it from home, so I don't have to schlep around town all day. So there are sorts of wonderful things about being a writer. Um, it's, it's also very challenging in other ways because there's no certainties and you have to take enormous risks. So I will work you know, for months on end on a script completely unpaid and then do that very much hoping that someone will then buy me, buy, buy it at the end of the process and pay me. <laughs> so it's a very risky business. It can be very depressing. You can feel quite isolated, especially when you're sort of in a dark room writing all day. But I, you know, you take the rough of the smooth and, and I do really love it. Um, and I'm working at the moment on a TV series idea about goalball. 
um, with I will I hope very much if it ever comes to fruition we'll have a wonderful visually impaired cast and crew working on it which would be great oh that um, would be amazing it would be so wonderful and it's such a good subject it's just a wonderful subject it's just you know my job is to explain to people who know nothing about it why it's such a good subject um, and I'm, I've got a film um, at the moment in development with a very exciting cast. It's got um, Christina Hendricks from the American TV series Mad Men attached to star in it and um, a great director. So if that, if that happens, that will be very, very exciting indeed. Um, and I write for radio too. So radio is a lovely, lovely medium to write for. And I listen to an awful lot of Radio 4. So um, it's always a joy to work for them. And you've worked on so many different projects as well that have been nominated for awards. And, you know, you're very, very talented, Annalisa. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, I I was, you know, I was lucky in my 20s that, you know, I worked in television. And, you know, it's a a hard and cutthroat world, especially if you have a disability. But I do think nowadays they're probably a little bit more accommodating than they were kind of 15 years ago. I hope they are anyway. Um, I wouldn't want to put put anyone off off, uh, going into uh, the media because it you know it can be very rewarding oh it definitely can and you know something it's people like yourself who are helping to sort of break down these barriers and show people within television it just because you're you're blind doesn't mean to say you can't work in television I've produced a documentary for Scottish television uh, in the past and and you know it was great I worked with a sighted director and there was things that I would pick up on that that he didn't and vice versa so you know we worked very well as a team so it can be done absolutely yeah it absolutely can be done exactly well you're definitely a trailblazer and it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today (laughs) it really has really really lovely to talk to you too Annalisa the very best of luck with your future and thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio. You're welcome. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.